Hey everyone, I'm Brian Conley of Hunters HD Gold, and you're listening to Season 2 of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. This podcast takes a deep dive into what it takes to be a match director, manufacturer, sponsored shooter, or just an everyday shooter trying to win his or her first major. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Welcome back to another episode of Hunters HD Gold Behind the Lens. Today I'm sitting down with Dr. Corey K. Now, what's how you pronounce your last name again? Klemashevich. Yeah, that's just a Klemashevich. We did a podcast in season one without video. So yep. now people are getting to see what Dr. Klemashevich. Klem- I'm pretty sure everyone's yeah. going to appreciate that we have video now. <laughs> All three of your cameras are broken and Leffler is screaming. It is exactly right. But all fun, all kidding aside, you have... Um, we accomplished something yeah. here lately. We'll we'll just start off there. You know, when you were gonna be going for the title to be the first person to get Grandmaster mm-hmm. in all categories of Steel Challenge and USPSA shooting, was it a secret? Did you want to keep it to yourself so nobody else would try to beat you to it? No, um, I, I was pretty open uh, about it. Um, I don't think a lot of people believe me. What do you mean by that? Um, So it's not something that you do in a year. It it takes a long time because even 2021, I shot 66 matches. I was involved in setup or some uh, running them, 50 of those. So even doing that with Steel Challenge all summer, running four to six matches a month, it's a long time. Right. Um, we, We ran the numbers and at a minimum, I think we had 10 guns, which is what I used. Um, it's something like 55,000 rounds of it. it. It's not something. Thank you, federal. Thank you. Federal, <laughs> C, federal CCI, all of this outdoor. Um, let's, let's not <laughs> even Hodgden before, right? Like, th- this is not something that I did alone, but, right. um, when you have so many different guns, right? It, it takes time to figure out how do I grip? A different gun. Right. How, how do I shoot a different gun? So um, I, I was open about it. All right. Um, I think I was the second person in Steel Challenge. The other gentleman, I mean, he, he legit Steel Challenge shooter. Right. Um, he, he was the first. Did you let Federal know, hey, I'm going to start oh, yeah. this project and we're going to need some extra ammo during the middle of a ammo I, crisis? I, I never asked them for anything special, okay. um, especially the past two years. Yeah. It, it's been amazing to have any support at all. Right. I and mean, they, could, they could turn around and sell as much ammo as they want. But they, for Area 4, for example, they sent a lot of ammo so right. rimfire shooters could shoot. So I I told you know my, my sponsors and I, I told you back and forth and... Um, it, it was never something that you really say, I'm going to put a date on. And for, for that, like, I just, I did it as I could. Um, the, the biggest hurdle was really getting the guns towards the end, because I don't know if you know this, the past two years, it's been impossible to get things. Right. And like a genius, I saved revolver for the last two years. Right. I don't know if you know, Smith and Wesson hasn't made a revolver in two years. Right. So was that your choice? Um, it was more. I knew that was going to be completely different than the other pistols. Okay. No, no, but Smith and Wesson over Ruger. No. Or I mean, what, what was your, no, what, I, you I, just, if I were to shoot, I would have shot a Ruger super GP 100. Okay. Um, what I ended up shooting was I borrowed some friends. guns. Okay. Um, so our friend Jason is a, 
legitimate grandmaster in revolver. Right. So he was kind enough to let me borrow a 45 ACP six shot for major USPSA, mm-hmm. uh, an iron sighted 357, which I shot 38 short Colt, right. and a, an optic gun for 38 short Colt as well. So, do you think? Because we're we're going to bounce all over the place because I've got so many questions and I'm caffeinated. (laughs) Good deal. (laughs) Do you think if they you know limited optics is on the table right now because it got um, brought up for discussion before the August first deadline? Right. So there will be a vote on it at Mm -hmm. the end of the year. Um, When limited optics hits, are you ready to take on another one? You know what does that look like? You know taking on more more situations to get even more grandmaster status, or is it is it frustrating for you to see more? Divisions come in. I'm kind of going all over the yeah, place to get you know, your feedback. What do you feel about that? I think it's a two-part question. Do I think first it's going to happen? And I don't, I don't think the answer. Legitimately, I don't think it's going to happen. But, okay. you know, if it does, um, I, I've been pretty open about this. Steel Challenge, I shot my carry optics gun right. to hit open, which was sporty towards right. the end. It wasn't the hardest division, but I'll just shoot the carry optics gun and limited optics. I don't care. Yeah. It's not appreciably that much different. I, I, I kind of felt the same way you did. That may not happen until... A company came out with a limited option at a price point MSRP of sixteen hundred ninety nine dollars MSRP. Yeah, and when that happened, that's like half the price of other guns out there. Mm-hmm. So now that becomes more of a reality. That because the entry points lower. Yes, and people are going to be. I mean, everybody gets into shooting at a certain entry level, right? And then they always move up to something they want, be it a, you know, like Kai or an Affinity mm. or, you know, EW, you know um, Eddie Garcia, whatever gun they want. They, they start somewhere at an at a entry level. Right. And with a $16.99 price point, I think that's a game changer. Do you agree? I think, yeah, it, it brings it more in line with what production kind of is. Mm-hmm. You know, the most popular production gun, your Shadow 2, and it's around that same price point, right. you know, $16,700 belt mags you might be up at 18 right um you can get a glock for less um but do i do i think i don't necessarily think price point is the way to look at that division i Mm -hmm. think what what are we trying to fill that we don't already have is a better way to look at it so if you look at carry optics you have the most popular division by far would you dilute that by saying 2011s with a slide ride um is appreciably different i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna say it's not even like, I, I don't care. I shot a Glock, like a Glock 19 with short mags at Two Gun Nationals, and I got top 10. Right. Like, I, I picked it up two days before, shot it. It's not the first time I've shot a Glock, but it, the, the same kind of idea applies that once you learn how to shoot at a certain level of gun, I think people make too much out of the guns themselves instead of spending the time investing in themselves. Like, uh, whether that's... I think it's two big things, dry fire and physical fitness. Like I feel great at the end of today. And we shot nine to three. Right. Um, and some guys that aren't maybe as physically fit were dragging and I picked up, you know, pasting, whatever, who cares? Uh, but do I think the price point or X manufacturer pushing a certain gun necessarily matters to me? It's what grows the sport right, and right now with carry optics being so popular. Man, if the barbecue is that good, don't change anything. Keep rolling with it. I get that, but you're still, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I just, I think it's a start. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it doesn't pass this year, then people are going to talk about it. And sure. it's, but and as more 
double stack, you know, guns come in and the more, you know, police officers are using staccatos or they're using the other brands that are out there that are coming out, then there's going to be all kinds of, you know, new interests coming around the corner. So I don't know. You, you, you know, know. The, the nice thing is I like about you, Ryan, as I can say, I think it's a hammer looking for a screw. Okay. I, I really don't think there's that much of a need for it. Okay. Do I think are they're cool? Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Okay. Um, the triggers, you know, they're sweet. Right. But do I think they're appreciably different than anything out there? I think if you put a Timney in a Glock, you're still, if you're a good shooter, you're still top 5, 10. Well, I don't maybe. think you're going to go 1 to 2. Well, let's get back into where we were talking about before a revolver. Was it when you, we'll, we'll jump Speaking all over. Of good triggers. <laughs> exactly. So when you were going after your final, you know, USPS, was it USPSA or Steel Challenge side? The you were last doing? one was USPSA, but that was more, they were all basically within the last two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Did you do classifiers or matches to get classifiers. those? So classifiers. So again, with my schedule. This year, I'll, I think I'll finish up with 40-something matches. Mm -hmm. At a level two and above, I can't shoot two injuries. Okay. If I could, it'd be a different story. I'd love to do Revolver Internationals. Right. That would be fun. But I, I shoot PCC. That's what I do. I shoot right. two-gun. Um, carry optics is just kind of, I mean, it, it's, I'm not saying it's a checkpoint for where I'm at mm -hmm. for PCC, but it, I love carry optics. I would right. So would I shoot Revolver Internationals? I would like to. I would actually like to shoot single stack more. Right. I had more fun with the single stack gun than I had with any. In the revolver side, do you think you'd shoot anything like I-Core or something like that just because you <clears throat> no, got to do it? No, my friend Jason has shot it. I'm, okay. It's it's the same thing. Shooting is shooting. Right. But I just, I wouldn't put any time into learning the rules. That makes sense. But what was the, when you went to doing all this when revolver was your last one, you said you had a really good time with single stack. Was that because you had done so much dry firing and reloading with other and other divisions or what, you know, what did that look like going from single stack with all the reloads? Singles, <clears throat> excuse me. Single stack was fun because the grip angle was almost identical to my shadow. Mm -hmm. uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, the, okay. uh, the gun itself. So I bought a Dan Wesson rented because I sold it to a friend, but um, I bought a Dan Wesson and it, it, for whatever reason, it just clicked with me. Mm -hmm. it, it was legitimately a joy to shoot with those 150s. Um, I remember we were shooting, so our friend Carl was night, uh, evening matches. And we got through, um, I was shooting the classifier, it was our last stage, and it was dark, dark. Like, original two-gun nationals dark. I was like, well, I'm shooting this regardless. So it was the shoot one, two in the back, three, reload, move forward, one, two, and then you do it backwards, classifier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up getting like an 87% hit factor, but I realized I didn't have a fiber optic sight on the first shot. And I was like, well, we're sending it and we'll see where <laughs> it goes. But the, the idea was that I could point shoot it. That like, it just, it felt perfect mm -hmm. for me. Um, so that, that's why I say I'd like to shoot single stack because it was fun. And you know, there's two reloads on that stage and I'm not saying they were the cleanest reloads I ever had, but they were clean enough. Right. What, you know, once you do 21 time, Grandmaster, all divisions, mm. you know, some people would think once you've accomplished everything that what else is left? What do you, what do you, you know, what do you do now? I mean, yeah. I mean, cause now any match you go to, mm. you're going to be going against the best. Mm -hmm. And some of those best shooters got to where they are in Grandmaster because they were winning in competitions right. and, and not shooting classifiers. Mm -hmm. 
So you may be in a situation in, you know, shooting now that you're now have put yourself in a position where, well, now I've got to own it because if I have other people in other divisions beating me, yeah. then, then it doesn't look like I really got here just by being a paper GM. So, so yeah, that, what's your thought process look on that? That question I've always had in the back of my mind. I'm going to answer three different ways. Okay. Um, the first one is nobody ever wants to be last GM. Like that is a fear I have at night that okay. like I've always had that even when I was shooting production as a GM, like I do not want to be last place here. <laughs> okay. I haven't been. Um, the other thing is, yes, it's an accomplishment, but I look at it as what did I learn? Kind of like the journey is kind of the, the, uh, the goal, not the goal itself. Okay. Um, learning how to shoot different guns and learning the process of learning to shoot the gun, like dry fire, building a grip, building a natural point of aim. That to me was a hundred times as valuable as, yeah, okay, someone says I'm a GM, right? That doesn't, that doesn't so much matter. But, but it matters to so many people. When I, so the other thing is a long time ago, Ben had a podcast where he said, you know, where do I want to end up in the sport? Well, right. GM's the highest ranking. That's where I want to be. That's always been my mindset. Like I always want to compete against the best people. I, I'm not catching Grant in Rimfire. I'm not catching him in Steel Challenge. Right. But I want to compete against him because it's fun to me. Like it's fun to build my skills and then test myself. It, am I going to be going against GMs? Well, everyone's going. There's a match winner. There is one. Yeah. Everyone is shooting against them. I, I enjoy it. I love it. Is there anything that you wish you'd have done differently through this process? I wish I would have secured the revolvers sooner. And I probably wish I wouldn't have sold so many of the guns that I used. Really? Um, I mean, I, at the time I was coming out of college and starting a new job, like with the job that I have now. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying money was tight, but I, if I have a 40 and I'm, I'm not going to shoot limited nationals again, it's just sitting there. I'm, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel attached at the time, but I feel like as I get older, I might've felt attached. Right. So then again, my, one of my best friends in the world bought my single stack and he loved shooting it more than I did. Right. So it's, if someone else feels that joy, that's also cool. Do you think you'll be in a situation through the next parts of your shooting career over the next years that you might try to buy those guns back? No, probably not. Okay. I mean, it, again, that could change. And there, there is that part of me that I say, you know, I, I might not have. But then again, it's like, what am I going to use it for? Right. Um, some people get attached to things. Um, like uh, my guns, if you've seen them, they're not safe queens. I right. use them until they're done and then they're done. It's a tool. Right. Um, I have two that I'll keep forever. And they're hand me downs. Oh, from the family? Yeah, from the family. Now, who's where are they? Uh, my father's and my grandfather's. Nice. So uh, it's a. Smith and Wesson 622, level mm -hmm. 22, and uh, Remington 870. Do you still shoot them? Uh, yes, when my mother is not shooting the 22. Really? Oh, it's her favorite. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What did your mom think when you got this accomplishment? Did she think it was a big deal or was it just some people that own the community think about that? Or, you know, so, yeah, I, my mom has always been my biggest supporter. Okay. Um, and fiercely so. She absolutely will do anything for any of her children. Um, so, I don't think anyone has ever in my family is ever going to understand it, but even when I publish a paper, right, you know, as a scientist, even if nobody cares what the title even means, they're always going to be my, my parents. Mm -hmm. um, so that seeing that and how happy they are 
that, you know, their children do well, whether it's me or my sister, that, that makes me happy. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have the convert? You know, we talked about this on the first podcast, but since when you made the accomplishment of where you were at, did you talk about it with anybody at work that the other, uh, the other scientists or anything around the, the office, like we talked about before? I, don't, I haven't brought it up. Um, I mean, so the, the other person I work with in lab she knows what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, she's brought it up to, you know, her family um, in the sense that they wanted to, you know, go out with me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in town at the time or else I'd you know, love to take. Um, so I don't keep it secret. Um, it just, I don't bring it up until I'm asked about it. Has anything changed at work over the past year with all the different things in major cities with crime kind of being out of control? Have they made any new changes or any new policies at the, where you work at about anything? Not at A&M. Um, okay. Kind of the example I'll give you is we had a, a visiting a faculty come in, an actual recruit come in. Um, from the Albert Einstein Institute in the Bronx in New York. Um, and she asked me the question, you know, how safe is here? Told her, it's been the safest place I've ever been in my life for as long as I've been here. Um, I, I'm, I guess, the faculty advisor for the NM shooting team. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I think, five or six guys this year. Um, one really good shooter um, that reminds me a lot of where I was at that point. Like, really wants to get better, is dry firing to improve. Um, Needs a year or two to kind of fill out his frame and um, mature a little bit. Um, he's still in the bars are fun and girls are cool phase. Yeah. And he, girls are cool. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but has A&M done anything? I mean, A&M is the most wonderful place. Right. I, I absolutely love it. I've been there since 2005 as a student. I have three degrees from there. Right. Uh, I, I can't see them changing in that regard. Um, there's several shooting teams. And they're all phenomenal. Right. That's awesome. So, you know, so much is happening with USPSA Mm -hmm. with um, changes. We got a new president coming in whenever the the board, hopefully by the time this is released, the board is made a vote when the um, Yee is going to take the new position because he's been elected, but nobody's talked about on the board as of, you know, carry optics nationals when he's going to actually take over. We've got a new executive director now. Um, Donna, who's going to be doing a lot of things and taking over some stuff that she's never had to do before that, you know, maybe she has, I don't, I haven't talked to her in person yet, but, um, have you still considered, you know, one day getting into area eight as an area, area, excuse me, area four as an area director? Have you seen all the stuff happening lately and said, you know, I'm out. I don't want any, I don't want any part of it. Um, so I, I wish Chad would have let me know he was stepping down. I right. think Mel will probably be a good um, force in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Mel's incoming area four. Yep. Do I think I'll run? Um, I I would like to see how Mel goes first. Okay. Um, he has kind of the retirement time that I think he can dedicate much more time. Right. Again, um, I still have three jobs. I still have significant other. Uh, we have a dog together. I I legitimately like to enjoy kind of life in general and travels and things like that. Um, and I've, you know, I've talked to Mel and he seems like a good guy and he seems like he has the organization in mind. Um, I think the biggest thing I'd like to see with USPSA is a change in the messaging and the culture where they ask, how does this benefit new recruitment and new retention? Okay. Um, how do we get 
people to stay in the sport and not have 30% turnover? Mm-hmm. And how do we get branch out and really show people how much fun it is? Well, let's, let, let, me, let me pause you then. Why do you think we have turnover? People don't see the point of a membership. And I'm not saying there isn't. I think there's a very valuable um, return to the members outside of just a rule book and being able to shoot. Um, I really think that as a community, we can come together and show how fun and how awesome running and shooting can be mm-hmm. to the greater population. And, and the reason I think that is because Three Gun Nation did it. When we were shooting USPSA matches back when Three Gun Nation was big, big, like on outdoor TV and other actual TV networks. Okay. Yeah, three or four guys up. This is a three gun match. Like, no, it's USPSA. It's a lot of fun. I want to shoot three gun. Shoot USPSA. Right. And if if the organization shifted towards kind of that, how does every decision we have affect positive influence? and really touching more people and showing them how awesome the sport is, I think a lot of the problems go away. I talk to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I talk to people that are involved with what's going on behind the scenes, internet. I talk to a lot of people who aren't involved behind the scenes that don't know about the stuff on the internet. I see a lot more of the latter. Right. And... The point I'm trying to make here is, is, do you think that people don't realize how much it costs to get into the shooting sports? And they realize when they get into it, I can't continue this because I'm not paying for my, you know, ammunition's gone up. Gas prices mm-hmm. have gone up. Inflation's gone up. The list continues. I can give you five more reasons. Oh, absolutely. And um, there's so many new shooters that have come in this year compared to other years. Right. And I don't know if the retention rate is because why am I doing this with USPSA or I just can't afford it. Right. And that, that, that's, where the question, that, that's where my debate is right now. I, I, I don't know. I would like to know how many, you know, if, an exit interview. You know, if somebody doesn't renew their membership, why? Yeah. You know, I, I think people may use an excuse when they see all the drama going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. They might use that as an excuse not to renew it. But deep down inside, is that really the reason? Or are they just using that as an excuse? I, I, and it's up for debate. Uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. Because uh, I see so many people that are coming into the sport and Hunter's HD Gold is still you know, having year over year growth and everything Killing else it. because, because there's it. so many new shooters coming right. in and I'm, I'm seeing that side of it that, and they don't have a clue and don't care what's going on behind the scenes. But right. the, the people that, you know, that do, including myself, mm-hmm. don't, don't take me wrong. I'm, I'm very in tune with what's going on. I may not comment on the post, but I'm, I'm aware of what's going on <laughs> oh, because yeah, I see it's, you liking them. <laughs> well, I like a couple of them because there's some funny stuff out there. There's some funny <laughs> memes that people have made about me. <laughs> there's some funny stuff. But, you know, I, I just think this is, this, I, I don't know. I know racing cars is more expensive. Mm. Um, I can't think of many more sports that's more expensive than what we do. People could say golf. However, yeah. you know, yeah, you can travel around and go different you know, stuff like that as well. But 
the purses that are out there and some of that stuff can pay, help pay for that. There's no, there's no paying back <laughs> to the shooters right. here to, to overcome that. But I don't know what other, the three things in my mind is the most expensive things to do in the world is racing cars, racing guns and having a kid. <laughs> you left one off, but that's what? fine. Which one I leave off? Please well, you know, having me. a significant other can sometimes be a significant Well, but they can go to work. <laughs> <laughs> you, can go, you can go to work too and help pay for this crap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I think there's three separate issues here. Okay. Um, the first one is I am a horrible person to ask about how much does it cost? And I'm also an okay person to ask because in college, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, Use my dad's old press, the Lee three stage, mm-hmm. and I made bullets and it took forever, but I knew I, that was the only way I could afford to shoot in college on like a you know, PhD scientist stipend mm-hmm. or in that time, a graduate student. Stipend. Um, but we made it work. Uh, USPSA is not that expensive unless you travel to major. And as a general member, not that many members traveling to majors. If you shoot your club matches in your area, you know, in our area, you could shoot six matches a month, mm-hmm. pick and choose the ones that are close to you. And that's what people are doing. Right. And have fun with your friends. But the other side of that is steel challenge because they're, they're part of the organization. They are. And they, they need to be a bigger part of the organization. In Absolutely. my opinion. That's a, that's a, probably a subject we'll get on no, to. We'll, we'll get on that subject in a little bit. That's I'm sure. exactly why, because I, when I started steel challenge, we started with an outlaw rim fire match, but it's steel challenge. I had a 1022. Four twenty-five round magazines and a ten-round magazine. We shot four people right. on the same gun. That's not a lot of money, and especially when you could get, you know, a bucket of bullets for not too many dollars. Right. I, I didn't care about the cost of ammo, even as a grad student. Right. Like just fill your mags, guys. Pay the match fee yourself, but fill your mags. Have fun and let's shoot. And I think to your point, steel challenge is the entry, especially with rimfire right now. And rimfire is back and available. It's fun and mm-hmm. anyone can do it. What do you think about the, the there's, there's, there's people out there that say steel challenge, you know, shooting association, not be part of the USPSA. How does that make you feel? I think they're still separate. Yes. Umbrella organization. Mm-hmm. They were purchased, but they're totally separate disciplines. Do you think the USPSA should be over more shooting sports? If you were to have asked me that in 2019, I would have pushed for them to, uh, integrate and acquire more multi-gun matches Mm -hmm. um i think now they need a significant cleaning of house internally and you know talking to sherwin today he he and i had a discussion which i'm going to keep private but he has done a lot behind the scenes on what he would focus on he might not have um done everything the same way and i i agree with him on a lot of things but in general, I think USPSA as an organization can be a very positive force in moving shooting back to being not just acceptable, but fun and encouraged. Okay. If you're a consultant mm-hmm. for, I would always say a day, but a week, if you were a consultant, I need a week. <laughs> if, if you were a consultant for a week yeah. and you had time to sit down with the board as a group or as individuals, what would be the first thing you'd want to focus on with everybody? I would want to to encourage the culture of how do we make every single thing about the members? How do we keep members getting value? How do we keep members shooting? 
So you split that up, and I, I made three kind of suggestions to Zach Jones on his steel challenge thing, but I, I think they're broadly applicable. The new guy that's never shot a member uh, match before, give him a free membership. Send him a card and say, you're classified now. Give him some skin in the game. Uh, what it does is it shows them immediately after their first match, there's more to this than just going and hanging out with your friends if you want it. Brian, you can do that for your entire shooting career. Just go out and shoot your match once a month. Be with your friends. But I found out if you give something away for free, they don't see the value. Yes and, and no. They, well, yeah, percentage-wise, it depends on how you do it. So you if, know, because I, I, you know, there's a difference between somebody who has won a pair of Hunter's HD Go for free and didn't pay a dime for it, mm-hmm. had a four hundred dollars certificate, than the person who have a two hundred fifty dollars certificate. Yes. Had to pay $135. There's two different mindsets of those people. 100%. When they don't have any skin in the game at all compared to having to pay a little bit or even paid full price for Hunter's HD Gold. But I think the skin comes in them saying, I have this card. What does that mean? Do I want to improve? Well, they don't have a card. They got to print it out. Yeah. Well, Should we start going back to cards? Honestly. I mean, something tangible. Honestly, having that in your hand. Yeah, like you, you're I not, agree. You're not pulling it out at a dinner. No, party, I've got, but, I can pull out my wallet. I've got my NRA card. I've got mm-hmm. my single action shooting society card. I've got my Gunners of America card. I've got tangible things. Right. When I go through my wallet to pull a credit card, I pull anything out. Yep. I see a reminder that I'm part of this organization. Exactly, and that's what it represents. And it also represents your progress over time. So that that's the skin. That was the skin for me. Okay. Like I I see, and I'm C class, but I want to be here. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that there's not a lot of people that will give up a lot of things that I gave up to do this. But I think that's a, a fantastic start. The other thing I think is we need more ROs. I think if you establish a culture of where we originally came from, of volunteering, helping with your, mm-hmm. your sport, um, not paying your match fee and getting out of there, mm-hmm. that's more skin in the game yeah. for members. Right? I'm amazed by how many ROs that come in every month or every quarter. I look at mm-hmm. um, USPSA magazine. If you go to the back, yeah, right there's there's three columns yeah. on average of ROs that are coming in, and it's fantastic. Well, my question is, mm-hmm. I haven't looked at that, and I guess I can ask Troy about it this weekend. What's our retention rate? Yeah, how many for people, people that are that are re-upping? Yeah, because the re-up process is a bear on its own. Because you get it's only twenty questions or twenty five with still challenge endorsement and whatever. My point being is, is those you have to go back to that book and read and understand the rules all over again. It's Absolutely. just like and it's 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 not always easy to do. I bet would be when they went to an online re up, mm-hmm. not the certification, but the re up. They probably increased their retention by at least. 40. I'll get clarification on that because um, that's you know I you know we say we need more ROs but when I, every quarter when I see three columns of people then small writing <laughs> yeah right ROs we got coming in there I think we got a lot of ROs I just don't know if they're engaged or not outside of their area yeah but what what does a new RO mean right that's a person that in their club is someone that the new shooter can look up to and they can mentor that new shooter and increase retention there they're also a larger talent pool more and more matches. I mean, you and I see the same people at every night. It's gotten a lot better over the past three years. Right. But we, we still see Bob. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. And so what I think that does is because we keep having more nationals, because we keep having more nationals, we absolutely have to grow that talent pool of the best of the best ROs, where 
you have an aspirational nationals now from someone like me or someone like the aspiring shooter that wants to go really compete and know that it's going to be a fantastic match because really what I want is a fantastic match. I mm-hmm. want a match that's so good. I plan my next year around. Okay. Let's, let's, let's curve off that a little bit because you're shooting carry optics nationals mm-hmm. with staff. Yes. Um, how is this the first time you shot a match with staff no. at nationals? No. Okay. Well, let's talk about it then. How is it shooting with staff? Because you're now in a situation where you're seeing some of the same ROs you've seen. Yep. Is there any new ROs on your staff that you've never seen before at nationals that you can recall? Kyle's not new, but he's kind of, uh, he's leveled up, I guess. Oh yes. He has Um, definitely leveled up. There's one or two that I haven't seen much before. Okay. Um, they seem to be new for this year, but cool. As far as how is it shooting with staff? It's, it's like, how is it shooting with people? that I like, I get along with most everyone except Tucker. Right. Tucker Schmidt. Well, <laughs> that's right. Tucker wasn't. Yeah, that's a, you know, we'll just we'll, we'll let we'll let Vortex deal with that. You can edit that we, out. we don't. No, I'm leaving it in. No, but you know, to your point, I, I don't see it as shooting with ROs. I, I've I've known Jerry for six years now. Right. I've known Kyle for probably four or five years now. I see it as shooting with friends, just like I would shoot on any other squad. Okay. I I really think the only squad I won't shoot on is the Super Squad. Because I want to do this for fun. I don't want to do this for a job. Do you think they're not having fun on the Super Squad? Depends on the Super Squad. Really? And I, I'll, I'll say shooting with Max is a joy. He's always there to answer a question. He's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. There's Super Squad people that I would love to shoot with. All right. Um, but sometimes the Super Squad gets a little too focused on their phones on practice score app. Okay. And a little too competitive. I, it's just not my thing. I shoot this for fun. Like even at my level of involvement, shooting USPSA, shooting Steel Challenge, shooting PRS, shooting Three Gun, I still do this for my friends. Right. Because at the end of the day, I'd rather have that friend. And that's something we, I need to jump back on again because I could talk about what we just talked discussed later. Um, Multi gun. Mm-hmm. You said you liked it if it was 2019. Yes. But in the in environment it is now, we didn't really talk about that much about so, it. Three gun in general, or multi gun in general, however mm-hmm. you want to see it, is mostly outlaw. Um, to say that they're not going to come into the fold now is an understatement. Probably wouldn't even get a, them to answer the phone. Okay. Um, it's been hard enough to get use. who to answer the phone. Three gun match directors. Okay. Like if you were to say call Texas three gun Aaron Hayes, I, I legitimately think USPSA has nothing to offer that match right now because house perception wise, USPSA's mm-hmm. house needs to become. Ordered back towards what do we provide three gun? Right. But USPSA is working with other major manufacturers to get back into it and to try to get the rule set right. And, you know, I've heard and I, I wish I could have gone to this last year's three gun because I've heard it's been been night and day. Right. I agree that multi-gun nationals, the USPSA match, mm-hmm. they have done a phenomenal job. But the problem is. That's one match a year right. where I don't want to say, but every two months there's another USPSA thing on online, which there's two sides of everything, but it doesn't look great. It would be much better if two gun nationals, right? If multi-gun nationals went off amazing and two gun nationals went off amazing, like half the matches three gunners anyways, right? If they all put up their Instagram stuff and we had so much fun, then 
outlaw three-gun matches that really have their own rule sets would see value and say, well, you know, USPSA can give us more reach. USPSA can give us more qualified bodies Mm -hmm. to RO. They can add value to the match, where I think it's a harder sell now. What do you think stopping the USPSA from having the ultimate multi-gun match every year? Do you think it's the USPSA that's stopping their self? Or do you think it's the shooters slash match directors that aren't giving it a chance? Um, I think the shooters, especially after last year, really had fun. And, uh, and especially like the guys like Ruben and Tucker um, and the, the people that tell their friends, you know, hey, it really was fun and there's not ROs out to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that has really taken hold. And I think next year, Multigun Nationals is going to be sold out, like sold, sold out. Right. I just think one match a year is not enough. Oh. I, I, I agree with that 100%. And, but if you had this one pinnacle yeah. of a match, mm-hmm. and it was such a joy, yep. so amazing, it would motivate other match directors, in my opinion, oh, I to go say, I got to do a match like this because they had 400 shooters. Mm-hmm. We need to make some, we can, we can branch off this tree right. and do this. And, and USPSA has already said they're going to support it. But, so, just, yeah, but, no. but, but people aren't standing up to do it. I think the perception is in branding. So when, when I do a match like Area 4 Steel Challenge, mm-hmm. I told every single person that I want this match to be something the rest of your life. I want you to have so much fun at this match that the next year, if we do it, you, you can't wait to be there. And right. the same thing with Texas Precision with our PRS matches. I want every single person, when they come out to the finale this year, say, man, that was so much fun. I can't wait to come out again next year. That's what I want because outside of five, maybe 10 people, like you're not coming to win. Sorry. I'm not even going to win. I might want to, but I'm not going to win. I have three other jobs. Have you ever considered putting on a three gun match yourself in Texas? Oh, we've run three gun matches before. I I I used to let me me rephrase my question. Mm -hmm. Have you ever considered putting on an area four? three-gun match under USPSA rules? No, I would never consider it right now. Right now, based on working three jobs or right now, based on the rule set? Both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to be blunt, I, so I'm even stepping back from, so our, our club is Brazos Line. I'm stepping back from the Steel Challenger. We've got three match directors. They're phenomenal. They have it completely in hand. I'm stepping back from USPSA even because we have so many people that have stepped up. And when I took on the presidency of our club, my goal, my only goal, train the next president. Are you trying to control yourself from getting burnt out? No, I think it's, it's important for the, any leader to identify there's an expiration date and you need to pass on the culture that you want to see. And the culture that I want to see is we want to have fun matches. We want to be competitive and we want you to grow as a shooter. And that I've done that. I've got three match directors right now that, I mean, Jason, Josh, and Thomas can mm-hmm. run a match. They have. They've done it all themselves, and it's been phenomenal. Would any of them consider doing a US, you know, a, an Area 4 You'd have to multi-gun match? I think Thomas is the only three-gunner, and I don't think he wants to right now. <laughs> He's but having but, too much fun shooting. And, and that's fine, yeah. but at some point, somebody that uh, okay. has to step yeah. up and do this. Yes. And that's, you know, we got one in 
Area six, somebody mm-hmm. stepped up. You know, it is what it is. Some people like it, some people don't like it. Other, you know, other places are trying yeah. to step up. Yeah. You know, I think some more stuff may happen up north next year, up in the Minnesota area. I think some of those people that want Wisconsin, Minnesota, wanting to step up and right. do some stuff. But you know, you know, I, I you know, even over at um, Clinton House, mm-hmm. those guys are wanting to step up. But it, I mean, but nobody's, you know, for lack of better, pulled the trigger. <laughs> right. Okay. So we, I had talked about this with another friend. And we said, well, what if the there's basically eight big three gun matches and they're they're more or less spread out around the country mm-hmm. in the areas. What if USBSA approached all of them and said, look, the first year, all we want to do is identify you as the area championship. And the only request we have is follow multi-gun rules. Mm-hmm. We will help you promote. We will send ROs if you'd like them. We will support you in any way we can. And Back to the point of growing the sport. The problem is, right now, the perception isn't what it was in 2019. 2019, at least from the organizational perspective, Mm -hmm. USPSA was in a much better place. Multi-gun in the inverse was not in as good of a place. No one was really sure how 2020 was going to go. 2021 was pretty good. Uh, 2022, from everything I've heard, was phenomenal. Right. So, would I love to see that? Absolutely. I would love to see Texas three gun as the area four championship too. do nothing different. And right. really the, the rules aren't that far off. I know. Do the Minnesota match as your area three. The match is already there. Rio as area two, they're basically a USPSA club running a three gun match. And, but the problem is they're all sold out. So what's the value? Uh, they're sold out in a minute. Yeah, not in five, not in four. An, an, a, a value would be if there's some you know way to do this with a classification system, mm-hmm. and then get people ranked and have a classification system in that, because yeah. then your twenty one goes to twenty five. <laughs> um, so right, because so there's four more divisions, right? Multi-gun. Yeah, you. So. I mean, you put slots in for nationals. You start giving people skin in the game that way, right? Um. Three gun, so at least three gun nation classifiers were fun, like legitimately fun. Right. And I think Rob and those guys did a great job on that. And I think USPSA could too, to be honest. Um, I thought that the two gun stages, what I've experienced with, awesome. I really, I, and I said, I really hope you do it again. I know it was kind of not the greatest year, but 21, 22, both probably the most fun I had all year, arguably. Right. So USPSA can do a phenomenal multi-gun match. They have. They've done it twice that I've shot at two-gun, and I've heard really, really good things about uh, multi-gun that people won't hold back in their criticism. The reason I'm asking you all these Mm -hmm. questions is because you are the first person to get Grandmaster in all these categories. To me, that tells me you've got skin in the game with the shooting sports as a whole. So if there are people that are asking to or screaming at their radio or screaming at their video why are you asking why is he qual- yeah, qualified yeah, yeah. to have these questions i'm asking all these questions because i really truly believe Corey is the shooting sports when it comes to what he gets involved in that's my opinion you may not like it but Corey is there he's been there since day one since i've been around so i think you have the opinions that people need to listen to i mean and I, that's why i ask you these questions I and mean, some of them are hard don't know they have the answer to yeah, yeah. but i want to um, my goal has always been to support these shooting sports. 
hundred percent. Not just USPSA, yeah. not just Steel Challenge, the shooting sports. And I am. I'm getting more involved with three gun, doing a lot more with everything I can do outside and got a lot of stuff already. My schedule for next year is already getting up with other shooting sports never even supported before. Right. So I'm excited about it. But there is some gaps that I think we could do so much more. But I don't know, this is my opinion again, what our current leadership can do. Because I, of all these stuff they're having to deal with, right? You know that's happening. You know, and like I said, this would be, you know, six weeks from when this comes out. Anyway, my, my point being is, is do you see changes that it's possible that our our leadership's even going to have time to even focus on some new stuff that's out there? Legitimately, a lot of the stuff has been self inflicted. If we're being honest, yeah. Um, but I know people like Troy and people like Jake. From five years, six years ago, have always had the concept of you. I mean, you don't do Jake's job if you don't love the shooting shooting sport. All right. You don't work 16, 18, 20 hour days to put on matches if you don't love this game. All right. So I I really think the only thing that would have to change would be the 24 hour rule. If you're gonna put something out and you're angry, wait 24 hours sense to send the next. You don't mm-hmm. have to send it right now. And I think a lot of that, like, I I talk to Troy all the time. We get along great because I know, one, he's a fantastic resource for rules, and two, he's very laid back most of the time. So you think that's a, some people see that as not a good thing, though, being too laid back, because then it gets in a point I mean, where it, he gets himself his, in own situations that may not be, you know, what was truly meant to come out, but yeah. it came out that way because he was too laid back. I, I don't know about that. Um, but Troy, when business has to happen, like DQs or something like that, mm-hmm. he, he will handle it right. He'll say, okay. I'm sorry, but this is final. And that's, that's it. Um, so as far as the organization, I really think if they just looked through the lens of how can we grow their shooting? Because everyone knows you're already putting in the time. Right. And if you looked at every decision from that one goal. How do we grow this? How do we better the members? Yeah, because Jake has a lot of critics. He does. I have a lot of critics, to be fair. Well, everybody does. I'm, I'm sure my, my list is out there as well. My point being with that thought process I'm going to, do you think Jake, with all the stuff he's had to do before and not having, quote unquote, the time to do the media and the marketing like it should be done, right. or do you really think that you know, the marketing media needs to be different. I don't, you know, what do you think about that? You know, if you were, you know, if you were a consultant for a day. So if I'm consulting for a day, I'd look at Jake and be like, first, thank you. I wouldn't want to do your job. Right. I know how much time you put into that. Um, You know, the second thing is, I really think the majority of what Jake has done has been extremely positive. Right. Um, I know he's brought in some new media that are going to make this match look like it should. Right. And as a manager, I mean, Jake, we, we aren't going to split hairs on this one. Jake was running under Mike Foley, the organization. That's correct. Jake ran it very well. Well, that's what I, I liked about Mike because Mike had people around him that he let them do their job. He did. Um, and I think to your question, if I'm call it a consultant for a week, they, you have done these things so well. Mm-hmm. Let's get someone in to help you with kind of um, certain messaging aspects of this. All right. 
And like he's Jake works great brick. Works pretty good with Spanky as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's very good at doing certain things very well. Right. I am not an accountant. Right. I do not do these things well. But if I were to walk a mile in Jake's shoes, I'd say, man, fuck. No, I like get two that. Two weeks in, yeah, there's I'm a, done. I, I can understand that. I just wonder if we're always promoting to ourselves and not promoting to the new, you know, millions upon millions of gun owners. Man, or do we want to promote to the millions and millions of gun owners? I, I legitimately think with some of the video that's going to come out this weekend, mm-hmm. I think it's going to show the sport in a completely different way where you're going to see what Three Gun Nation saw as far as, I want to do that. Right. That looks fun. Like, okay. put the golf clubs away. I'm done. I'm going to get a gun. Or bringing the gun I have. Um, so, the other thing that I would say was, on certain things on the board, and I talked to Kyle about this today, if you put something out, just put out what you're thinking and why that is. Not, not a big thing. Like a paragraph, four sentences. We did this, and what we wanted to achieve was this how that grows the membership. So people understand kind of the thought process behind it because you might have the best intentions, but if people misinterpret what you say, then it comes out as bad and everyone's angry and you get the, the internet blows up and shit like that. But, right. um, I, I, there's not a lot of decisions that I've disagreed with, but there have been some fundamental ones that I really, especially in the past two years, vehemently yeah, I know we were having a joke earlier with some people that won't talk about who I was around going, can we get Mike back? <laughs> it seems so much calmer then. <laughs> there was different reasons for that, but it was just a funny joke because so much has changed since Mike has left. <laughs> He's drink exactly. But, my, you know, do you think let's talk about other shooting sports before we before we cut this one off. Do you think PRS in rimfire or rifle or whatever could use somebody like the USPSA to do a classification system? Do you think they could, would help grow that sport as well? I have begged for a classification system, but the problem with PRS is weather is the biggest difference. Weather or wind? Wind. Okay. <laughs> There's well, a, to be fair, rain is rain, but I, wind is one of those things. I've, I've done some long shoot, right. ring shooting, and the wind's the only thing you can't control right um and to be fair when it's snowing so hard you can't see 400 yards it, it could be other weather yeah but, but wind is your primary thing right. right um it is so hard to set up classifiers in that uh context because if you go let's say to utah you're at higher elevation you get 40 mile an hour winds you go to alabama you have i mean you have cuts through pine trees that you're shooting precision rifle there mm-hmm. there is no wind to speak of All right it's hard do I think it could benefit from it? Absolutely. I think the classification system is the best way to get people to have skin in the game. Because man, I loved when I was going from C class to B class to A class and hitting that first GM, that that felt awesome. It's just you can't translate it one to one. I think it has to be slightly different. And I don't know the best way to do that. But PRS as a whole mm-hmm. is going through the same growing pains as 1990s USPSA based on membership numbers and kind of how long it's been around. Go on. Um, you know, how many divisions do you really have? How many divisions do you support? How do you support divisions? 95% of people shoot open. Not many people shoot tech. Not many shoot, people shoot production. Not many people shoot gas gun. I shoot gas gun to get a trophy. Mm-hmm. I love it. There is no reason to shoot a gas gun other than that because 
most of the matches I shoot, I'm shooting against one or two other people. Right. Hmm. So a lot there to un- unfold as well. But have, have you heard other people talk about they wish they had a classification system as well? Uh, not really. Okay. Honestly, PRS guys are, as a whole, older and really consider it kind of like a golf sport where they, they really just want to have fun with their friends and drink beer and have fun afterwards. Right. Which is not bad. There's people in USPSA that do that. Oh, and, uh, a lot. <laughs> Shock, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, what's next for you? You you did 21 Grandmasters in all divisions. Congratulations Thank again. Um, the publicity has been out there for you. There's there's articles being written. There's a lot of your, your, own, your own podcasts all over the place now. You you know, you've made that name for yourself. You are now um, a, a resource for people to go to that have questions in yeah. all the divisions. What's next? You know, so, you say you're stepping back a little bit. That that made me that scares me. Because, well, you know, don't worry. You're, okay. you're still going to see plenty of me, unfortunately. Okay. People and cameras. I'm sorry they're broken, but <laughs> um, I, you know, I I'm at a point where I know my athletic career is in its twilight years. Okay. Um, I'm going to give as much as I can, making sure that as long as I am upright, I keep my body in good shape. I want to focus more on my personal life. Um, and certain people in my personal life. Mm-hmm. But having said that, outside of what I'll, I'll keep personal, um, I want to show people that you can achieve something in this sport, right? It's not, and, it, and it's not about like Grandmaster or like winning nationals or something, but you as a shooter can improve and you can set goals for yourself and you can get better as a person because I think. Really, that journey is what's important. Like, how do I better myself in every way all the time? That, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to, with this action shooting team, I want to show them, like, look, this can be fun for you, and this can be a lifetime sport. You want to put the work in, I will be happy to show you the way. I learned from literally who I think is the best iron-sided shooter in a couple of classes and some DMs. Mm-hmm. but it's all laid out. I have one of the absolute best physical coaches, strength and conditioning I have ever worked with. And by coach, I mean any coach in anything. Um, learning how to learn and learning how to improve yourself. The biggest thing that I got out of shooting these 20 same reason I did martial arts. It's the same reason I, you know, I went for a PhD Instead of stopping at a bachelor's, because I knew that continually learning something that truly gave me joy. That's what I, I want to continue to do forever. Because, you know, outside of certain other things, you know, raising a family and being with my own family and friends, mm-hmm. that that's kind of what gives me joy. Family is up here. They'll always be up here. But this is the best I've found outside of spending. It's a whole nother family in the shooting sports. Yeah. And that that's what it is. Because when I see you, when I see you know guys like Jason, or when I see friends that I've seen once a year for the past 10 years, that's what we talk about. It's like we never left. Right. Wow. Yeah. Very well said. Anything else we've left off Man, before th- we get off this one? I, I'm, I'm, you know, this is this podcast is a little bit different than the ones I've done in the past. We've done a whole story with Corey before, where if you want to go hear how he got started shooting, 
Season one was a great episode with, with, <laughs> with, with Dr. Klimichich. Yeah. And it was one of those things where um, I just wanted to follow up with, you know, you have a lot of insight. You've had, you've seen a lot. Maybe. Well, know. anybody I'm just who's, a normal guy. Am I right? You are a normal guy, but you're a normal guy with a lot of sponsors that have been big and huge in the shooting sports. So you've seen the insides of the shooting sports. You've seen the good, you've seen the ugly and there's a lot of ugly that goes on you know, all the time. 99.9% good. But, but exactly. And it's one of those things that um, to bring it all together is to have the passion that you do. I think a majority of the shooters feel the same way. They yep. have the passion to continue to shoot and to continue to be a part of the good. Yep. So I think honestly, if we were to just sit down and have these type of conversations, most people would find out that we all have the same goal, like end goal. We might be coming from left or right, but, and kind of one thing that I do want to say is thank you. Like I read your newsletter and the number of matches you're supporting in <laughs> September is redonkulous. Yeah, it's a lot. There is not a single other company that I can think of that is supporting that many matches. Oh. So thank you for having that much skin in all of the shooting games. You're very welcome. And I'm looking forward to just, you know, continuing the process because it's one of those things where, you know, we're moving forward and we're, we're always innovating. And I'm always listening to shooters like yourself to see what I'm where I'm missing it at, because I'm not perfect in every discipline. But we're, we're getting there. We're going uh, so to try to keep watching me shoot today. No, but your, your <laughs> feedback has always been perfect for yeah. me and stuff like that. We've made some things for you in precision that not a lot of people have. And we're looking at that market as well to see what other things can be out there for the future as well. So lots of, lots of feedback. So it's, you're very welcome. Thank you for the compliment and thank you for being who you are for the shooting sports in such an aggressive, positive way. And it's yeah, aggressive. Been, <laughs> that's just my way to put it. But it's one of those things where I'm, I'm excited to, um, to call you a friend. And I'm excited to see what's next for you because I, I want, you know, it, it's going to take people like you, me, us, um, to be in a situation where we are the future and what does that really mean? And a lot of people don't have the answers yet, but right. we, we are the future. We're the next, we're the next ROs that have been here for, you know, 20 years, <laughs> we, we're, not. We, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. We're, we are the, we are the, we know when people start getting older, you know, they're not going to be around forever. It's just yeah. how life works. And, you know, so. we, we learned from people that came before us and were amazing in their own right. So right. passing on that awesome culture that we have. Well, before we get off here, what's the the sponsors that have helped you get to the the twenty one titles that you have now? <laughs> Give them a big shout out because they yeah. need the feedback. So JP was the first company that believed in me and worked with me. I I love them like family. Um, I also obviously use your lenses. Yes. Um, I don't know that I could have hit limited steel challenge times. Hate you, PJ. <laughs> without. <laughs> these right. uh, because we shot in shadows right um i also shoot for federal premium yep i shoot for vortex optics they have been um unreal supporters of the shooting sports in a time where they had to give nothing and they would have sold everything that they sent to every match right um and i previously shot for hodgson powder and chris was one of the nicest most um best mentors that I ever had, even though we had very few emails because like eight of jobs himself. Um, the people that I have met in the sports as sponsors aren't sponsors. They're friends. I would do anything. And I, I really do hope 
that it's been time for them. That's how I feel. Very well said. Thank you so much for listening or watching this episode of Hunter's HD Go Behind the Lens. And until next time, we'll probably both see you at the range soon. Take care. Thanks, Corey.